And we're back. What's up? What's going on, guys? We're back to another podcast of... We still don't have a name yet. We're still, still coming up with that. But No, no name, no, uh, no cover photo. We're figuring this out one step at a time, like babies learning how to walk. Yeah. Let us figure out how to crawl, then then we'll get to walking, then running. So, thanks everybody for listening in to another episode. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, but I think me and Jimmy are gonna hit the uh, the one that we talked about last episode a little bit and just double down on the news that came out as of August fourth. Uh, WNBA star Brittany Griner was sentenced to nine years in Russian prison for drug smuggling. So after she got caught um, with 0.7 grams of a CBD THC Delta 9 pen, um, once she was caught in Russia, she was charged with drug trafficking. And then there was another charge that she was hit with. But regardless, she was hit with fines. But really what people are looking at and talking about is the fact that She's being used right now, um, unfortunately, as a pawn in the game between the United States government and the Russian government. One thing that I saw on Twitter was that just comparing the situation to another similar situation that happened, I think, in 2016, um, a, sh- a soldier went over to Russia with just like a trip with his family, and while on the trip, he assaulted and like nearly killed a Russian police officer while he was over there. This is like a guy in the military. And he got put in prison, uh, sentenced to nine years, same sentence as she got. And uh, they were able to get him out. And the United States traded for him and got him back. And it was a big thing, but they're like, really, you're willing to trade whatever. I don't remember. They didn't say what they traded for that soldier, but the comparison is like, look, they just charged somebody who got caught with marijuana as somebody who attempted to kill a member of law enforcement in the same country so just the um the inequality of kind of the charges i guess is what people are really pointing to um but i have her statement that she read right before the trial um she said i never meant to hurt anybody i never meant to put in jeopardy the russian population i never meant to break any laws I made an honest mistake, and I hope that in the rulings that it doesn't end my life here. I know everybody keeps talking about political pawn and politics, but I hope that this is far from this courtroom. And then she doubled down, saying that she had no intent on breaking any Russian laws, and I had no intent, I did not conspire or plan to commit this crime. She did say that um, the initial fact that she even had it in the first place was an accident, that it was just something that was left in one of her bags from when she lived in the United States. But it's it's interesting. Have you ever left something in your bag, gone through TSA and they caught it on accident? Uh, yeah, a pocket knife. I had a pocket knife get, get gacked by TSA and I had to throw that away. Yeah, I had one of those, uh, it was like a wallet pocket knife. Mm-hmm. One of those multi-tool wallets you can buy at Walmart for like two bucks. It got through TSA in Omaha and then I went to D.C. and it didn't get through TSA in D.C. So. I, I wouldn't imagine that the TSA in D.C. is going to be as lenient as Omaha's TSA. Yeah. But regardless, yeah, no. So it's just, I don't know. I, I see multiple sides of it because I see the fact that, look, 
this is a shitty situation, but if she wasn't to the level of popularity and notoriety that her name carries, this would not make national headlines, and not nearly as many people would be not only discussing it, but even care. Because that's what people are saying on Twitter and on other places when it's being discussed, is that, like, why would I care that BG's locked up when, if the tables were turned, she would be playing in an NBA, or a WNBA game, like, racking in millions. Mm-hmm. So I see I see feeling bad for her on one side, but I don't know. I think people make a point in certain yeah. areas on that. You can, you can see it from both sides and agree with both sides. For sure. So it's interesting, you know. But we'll see we'll see what happens. That's still an ongoing situation and after I saw the um the reaction of some of her teammates, they kinda of broke down today after their game, saying that after the sentencing came out they didn't really feel like playing basketball, they couldn't focus on basketball because this is one of their real friends, one of their one of their family members, somebody that they really care about, so it's got to be hard seeing somebody like that. But again, somebody in the comments was like, "Hey, don't you guys get paid bat <laughs> paid to play basketball, and not to cry on the stand?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, I guess, I guess you're kind of right." But yeah, those uh, those comments on the WNBA oh, have God. got to be the most toxic things on the internet. Any any post about like any female on a sports page on Instagram, it's bad. It's bad. The comments get bad. Not only the like the people that are trolling cuz that happens a shit ton, but the bots. Dude, the bots on Instagram have gotten so bad. Like you have to scroll down like four or five swipes of your entire phone before you get past the click the link in my bio don't click my story (laughs) like all of these cringy stupid bots like how does instagram not figure out a way to be like oh look this post this person has posted zero times and in the matter of one day proceeded to follow 500 people who have no contact to one another there's no connection to any of these 500 people in the slightest well i think the um, and we can talk about this if we want to with, like, Elon Musk going to trial with Twitter, is a lot of, like, m- the more bots on the platform, the more activity there is on the platform. Yeah, so, so it, it makes the specs look better. Yeah, but, like, for the users, it's terrible. It ruins... So I feel like there could be a happy medium of, like, maybe if the argument is that, like, bots do help push forward like activity and keep the feeds going like if that's true and if there is a benefit to having bots on the platform why don't you have instagram create their own and maybe that's what they did but like i doubt it because it's all sex bots like yeah if it was a bot that just gave me like a random fact like i would probably care a lot less than like click this virus link in my bio to look at my tits like that's not what I'd rather be doing on every single post, but I feel like more on social media now. I have more fun going to the comment sections of posts and actually like seeing what the what the post is actually trying to talk about. I'm like, all right, this is this is what like the main view is, but let's see let's see what people actually feel about this. So I don't know. I've been getting more enjoyment out of that than I have actually going through social media and seeing people's posts. Yeah. 
Yeah, comments are fun to watch. I I rarely comment. Maybe oh, once I never a week. comment, but I always just go to read the comments because yeah. I feel like it's more entertaining than going through social media itself. There's always a battle. In the battles time. I think are the funniest because I just like I watch people argue about things and I'm like unless there are only certain things that I argue with people about and it's if I'm in a place where I feel like I know enough angles on this that like people aren't gonna throw me a curveball and I'm gonna be confused like Houston Rockets basketball if somebody comes out and says something really fucking stupid on Twitter. Like, I'm going to fire back because I know that, like, I know pretty much everything that's going on right now. I'm, I'm in the process of, like, understanding how our organization is working. So when people throw out that, like, oh, this guy sucks, he's not in the rotation, I'll be like, well, there's a reason he's not in the rotation, one, and no, he doesn't suck. He's had a long list of injuries that aren't connected in any way, so your statement that he's injury-prone doesn't matter. So it's just... I find those arguments entertaining because it's people that don't really know anything. So, And it gets to the point where like somebody stops responding. And then there's usually a following comment from the person who, like, quote-unquote, won, being like, oh, what, you're not going to respond back? <laughs> like, you put that much time into this argument on Twitter that, like, at the end of the day, you don't gain anything. It's not like there's, like, a point system, like, oh, I just one-upped you on Twitter. That would be a fun social media platform. Dude, that would be bad. <laughs> if, like, an argument gained you, like, points on the platform. And, like, the but you would just have the most, like, mentally ill people having the highest earning accounts. You're like, oh, this person's got severe mental illness. Yeah. They argue with 17 people a day across seven subjects. There's, like, a spectrum here. So anything above a certain amount is like, all right, we can't trust this guy. <laughs> Speaking of spectrums, I went to the uh, Machine Gun Kelly concert last night. It was it was fun, but like the range of people that were there was incredible. So with the new direction that he took in his music, it's like emo rock. So like the emo community like embraced him with open arms, but like the people who still enjoy his music and like rock in general are also fans of it so you had like 50 year old dudes that like came like them together like a dad and his friend like went to this MGK concert and then you had like a group of like three just black hair black mascara white face paint like just crazy goth and then you had like farm kids that just like listen to rock. like just the variety of the people that came to that concert last night was pretty crazy, but I have to say that out of the performers that I've seen like in like live, he was definitely up there because just the way that he interacted with us. Like, did you see? Uh, yes, I think it was yesterday. It might be the day before, but I'm pretty sure it was yesterday. Um, he was parked at a the hotel he was staying at up in Omaha, and somebody <laughs> somebody wrote like rap god something on the side of his bus and like drew a huge dick on the side and like he talked about it like openly he's like whoever drew the dick is a bitch he's like my dick's way bigger than the one you drew on the bus and he was just like messing around the entire time so it was cool that like he actually like it wasn't just like cookie cutter like here's my performance okay let me get on the bus and restart again like he actually put in the time to like 
make it unique, which I appreciated. So I thought that was cool. But then, dude, we had to listen to Willow Smith open for us. I don't know who that is. Yeah, you do. That's Will Smith's daughter. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so she like you and she's got like two famous TikTok songs, and she played the two, and everyone like freaked out for those. But besides that, it was like kind of like a uh, coffee like poetry skit, like where people like kind of just snap after somebody performs and there's no like cheering like it was just like Woo. like yeah get off stage so it was just it was kind of awkward but overall it was a good it was fun wasn't too busy I was up at CHI so yeah it was pretty interesting That's but good. going on from that um I don't know what we should talk about Alex Jones Oh, we could. We can go into. Let's go into the Alex Jones thing. So this this might be a long segment here. Yeah, this one might be a little longer. That's okay. I like I like talking about Alex Jones. He's an interesting person. So, for those of you who don't know Alex Jones, I'm sure everybody's seen clips of him, like uh, the Joe Rogan clip of. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of retarded. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> that clip's hilarious. It, I, there's so many, and it's been used in so many memes that just fit perfectly. So I stole your thunder. You probably had it better. No, you're no. That was perfect. It was like in sync perfectly. But for those comments, and primarily for a statement that he, he's just a big conspiracy theory guy. But one of the main ones that really got him notoriety and also like trouble was a statement that he made claiming that. Uh, there was a possibility that the Sandy Hook incident was faked and that the families were faking um, like death threats and all this stuff as a result. Um, well, obviously, this caused outrage and the fact that he was kind like he was semi famous before people knew who he was, um, this caused him to take a turn. Like, for better words, he was like one of the first people affected by cancel culture um so past that he's been working in multiple different things he has take redacted his statements taken back apologized multiple times um has attempted to make amends well now coming back into the light um one of the families that was affected with in the sandy hook shooting um they are now suing alex jones for I believe it's like emotional damage. Yeah, because I believe that the the families they got a lot of death threats from Alex Jones um, followers. Yeah, like <laughs> the cult com- members, like people coming after them about it. So there was it. It's hard because we live in a culture now where I think there needs to be number one accountability for your actions, which. But it's hard to be accountable for your actions when the public reaction for you taking responsibility is, in many cases, like outrage. So for a lot of these people, they're like, look, I made a statement. I was wrong. I've made hundreds of statements that were blatantly wrong before and nobody cared. But because this one was sensitive... It got attention. So, like, this thing here. So, you know who Marjorie Taylor Greene is? I've heard of her. She's, like, a big political person, but she tweeted oh, praise. yeah, yeah. Um, she tweeted... I don't know if she's tweeting praise for 
Alex Jones getting fined or if she's praising like how he taught. Oh no, she said I'm going to text my friend Alex Jones. How much I, along with countless millions, we were proud of him for that answer. Yes, we all know what the relationship was with the point. What? Wait, isn't isn't Marjorie Marjorie? What is it? Green. Marjorie Taylor Green. Isn't she uh, linked with Jeffrey Jeffrey Epstein, or is that? Well, this is talking about Jeffrey Epstein right now because. Okay, I want to figure this out because she's saying that. What did Alex Jones say on the stand? So he said, "This is what this is. This is funny." So, um, one of the lawyers they asked him if he uh, believes that like the elite are um, super involved with like uh, child uh, child sex slavery or uh, you know the what do you call it um, selling children the chi- the child oh, trafficking. trafficking yeah and um, he said what like Jeffrey Epstein and uh, that's gotten a lot of attention on the internet if that's what you're looking at right now that's what I am looking at it's kind of hard to find stuff right now though but that's just, it's just an interesting situation when you have like years after an event people taking it to public court but essentially like not wrapping that up, but getting to the point of like what he actually got. He was fined five million, and like up to the tune of like forty-five million for what's going on in this trial. Uh, he was ordered to pay direct. This is what he has to pay personally. He has to pay four point one million over his claim that the shooting was fake. Um. The problem that that and it may not be a problem to some people, but. What you say on the internet is there forever. Mm-hmm. Like, 50 years ago, if you would have said something, maybe people would have gotten mad, but they would have forgotten about it years later. But like this, he said that, I don't remember when he said it, but it was a long time ago, and now um, there's evidence of it, and he's gotten in trouble for that because the internet remembers everything. Yeah, and that's the thing that, that's a good point that you mentioned, that like 50 years ago, like this is a new obviously it's a new technology but like in the sense of the word of like improving on society like this form of technology has never been seen before like now like you nobody could fathom this type of thing in the 70s in like the 60s like you talk about what crime was like back then and like the amount of things that people could get away with like we are in such a safer and more advanced situation than we were even in the 90s like from the 90s to now like we are the technological leaps that have made things safer but also more restrictive have slowly climbed together which is odd to me like you'd think that in a society where the goal is to ultimately like make everything safer for everyone and make the experience of like living your life the short blip that you get on the planet like the best the best experience it could possibly be within the realm of like fairness and equality but when it gets to these points that like you're messing with how the system actually works like that's when you get into problems mm-hmm. yeah and um free like you start you start to wonder about um free speech so i mean alex jones was 
I'm not going to argue for him, but he was giving, he was using his free speech, and and now you wonder if that's a, an infringement on his free speech. Uh, I don't want to get into far deep into that. But that's where it gets foggy too, because then like I, the argument that they're making, I would assume, is that the comments that he made consequently led to direct negative repercussions for the family. So like, in a way, he is responsible. But if you're going to follow that logic, then, like, a lot of people would be in trouble for a lot of things that have happened. Yeah. That, like, if you're going to hold somebody accountable for what their fans do, like, that's that's bad because everyone has crazy fans. Like, there are a lot of crazy people that, like, just get tunnel-visioned into certain individuals and, like, follow their life super in-depth. And, like, especially for somebody like Alex Jones, who is into conspiracy theories and all these... Like, he's going to attract people like that anyway. And then you add on top of it, like, situations like this. It just compounds the craziness. But then, like, I just... I can't help but feel bad for the guy in certain situations. Because in this article by Insider, the first three headlines are... um, One of few MAGA influencers who showed support for Alex Jones throughout the trial is the way that they describe Marjorie Taylor Greene. And then um, the next statement directly following that one was, on Thursday, Jones was ordered to pay $4.1 million over his bogus claims that the shooting was fake. Like, yes, he made claims that were wrong, and he would admit that fully, but, like, using having the verbiage of bogus, like, just spins a negative light on what he said. Like, he still stands on that view, but that... I don't know, just framing it in a way that makes people sound a lot worse than they are. Yeah. What are your, so, what are your thoughts on Alex Jones? Like, besides, forget about the Sandy Hook. If he didn't say that, what would you think about Alex Jones? I think he's an interesting character. Because I think, I, in a way, I think he kind of falls, for me, he falls in a similar category as, like, Donald Trump. Like, I don't necessarily agree with a lot of what he says, but he's interesting from a human perspective because there aren't a lot of humans like those two people on the earth Mm -hmm. like they're very out there with their opinions and they wear their emotions on their sleeve and it's interesting to see people who in my eyes that's not how I am in a lot of ways so seeing people like almost like the opposite side of the coin for me so I'm more intrigued by those people because I'm like why do you do what you do why do you have the impulse to say the things that you say? Not only that, but why do you believe the things that you say? So I agree with you that like I, I don't believe, and I'm not supporting a lot of what he says, but he is interesting to me. Yeah, I agree. He's gotten a couple things right, too, which is, which Some is scary. Some of the things he's gotten right, though, are crazy. Yeah. Like the Jeffrey Epstein thing, he was saying that since like 2005. Yeah, it's and like crazy. The, so have you heard about like the, some of the Clinton stuff connected to this? Yeah, with with Jeffrey Epstein. So, but like, not only that. So not just like their connection, but the connection between like the mysterious deaths of a bunch of people connected to them. Oh yeah, how they all like die in plane crashes. Well, plane crashes. But the super weird one is that they're not releasing the autopsy report of this one guy who was found hanging with a shotgun wound through his chest. Yeah. No. And they claimed it was suicide. See, yeah. How do you hang yourself with a shotgun? Is that the guy who had a computer? Yeah. Yeah. How do you... Yeah, suicide by shotgun in the chest? I've held a shotgun before. That's hard. Number one, it's hard to hold a shotgun. You would have to hold that out in front of you while hanging. 
like I don't even think it's physically possible to do. So to claim that that's the cause of death and then to also hide the autopsy report, like there's something sketch going on. And this guy was directly, it might have been the guy in charge of like bringing Jeffrey Epstein into the White House a couple times. I'm pretty sure that's who it was. Mm. Wow. So there's just a lot of sketchy things, but. And just like going back to the video footage of Jeffrey Epstein's um, cell getting lost when he died or committed suicide. Yeah, with quotes like, like that, it doesn't happen. You you can say that it, it does happen sometimes, but I think, in my opinion on the situation, I think Jeffrey Epstein is dead. But I don't think he committed suicide. I think he was I agree. directly murdered by someone. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe they're trying to protect us. Maybe they look like the bad guys just so they're trying to protect us. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe they're covering it up for a good reason, like protecting public security, like he was connected to somebody that we. it would be better off that we don't know. But it's all you almost argue that like it's important for the public to know these things because if it is a matter... It's, I feel the same way about the UFO thing. Like If it is a matter of uh, national security, like why don't... Why does the public deserve to know? Yeah. Like, why... What rationale does it have that you're going to let people continue living their lives when we are aware of one of the greatest discoveries in mankind's history and you're just going to hide it? I And yeah. one of, like, the most harrowing things that has ever come out in public... in political history about the Jeffrey Epstein situation. Like, you're going to keep that stuff secret as well? It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. The, the truth, no matter how much it hurts, is better than living a lie. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like, the truth is what the truth is. Like, yeah. That will never change. If like, you're not living the truth, you're living a lie. You're mm-hmm. living fake. For I, real. Like, ignorance is bliss is definitely one of my least favorite um, phrases, because... It is, though. I almost, I almost enjoy that phrase, because I feel like enlightenment is almost more torturing than, like... Finding things out about the reality of things sometimes isn't better than, like, the way that you viewed them previously. Yeah, but the way that you viewed it was wrong. It was wrong, and it is better in the sense of, like, knowing the way it is. But, I don't know, I feel like sometimes when your perception of things is better than what it actually is, like, once that gets shattered, it's like, oh. And enough times of that getting shattered, like, it's like, damn. My perception is way <laughs> off, dude. I yeah. thought this life was way better than this. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's, uh, especially with going back to, like, the internet remembers everything, definitely a lot harder to hide. Hide Like, if there was no internet, there'd be no worry about Jeffrey Epstein. Like, people would say, oh, Jeffrey Epstein did kill himself. They move on with their lives. But One of the things that clues. I think is interesting about the internet, and I'd like to hear your opinion, is... I'll ask you this, and then I'll give you my opinion after. What do you think the Internet's effect on trust has been? Do you think it's increased trust or made people less trusting of people? That's a good question. I think it... Um, I think... Well, I, I'll give I'll give two answers here. I think it, it doesn't... I think it decreases trust, but... Um, I'll just cover on Bitcoin a little bit. Is that Bitcoin with the internet? 
um, you don't have to trust anyone to be able to communicate with them on the internet with Bitcoin. Um, and now that's all I'm going to say about that so we don't get into a rabbit hole of Bitcoin right now because we got other stuff to talk about. But yeah, I think overall um, the internet's one, I think one of the, or if not the greatest tool ever invented as of now, but there is a lot of problems with it because it's new. It's a new technology. So maybe we will gain trust eventually, but you know, maybe it will never change. I think my personal opinion, and this is just how I'm viewing things currently, maybe I have, like I said, a skewed perception of the way things are, but I feel like the growth of technology is kind of ruining a lot of the structures that we currently have set up that make society what it is. Like, I think one of the big things that we're losing, like I proposed to you, is trust because, like, there are so many... And you can say that it's safety, but at the end of the day, what I see a lot of these, like, trackings that are being added is, is, like, loss of privacy and, like, increased... Um, more of an increase of feeding into the feelings of like anxiety and hate and like all that type of thing compared to and maybe that's just because I don't know what it was like before but having the ability to know where someone is at every second of the day and like not having to trust that like oh like I trust in that person that they're going to fulfill the commitment that they made to me that oh I this person told me that thing like now I have the ability to be like are you telling the truth like are you because if not I can check and then I know you're lying but on the other hand like before like you had to trust your friends and like the real people that you were friends with like and I mean it's still the same today like the people that you're really friends with are going to tell you the truth regardless but I feel like it's more or it's less true today than it was before because people can't get away with as much so, like, their true personality can be more skewed by the way that they see the perception of the way people look at them. That's a good answer. Yeah, that's, you could, that's a I think about that a lot. Did I just, I think that the internet has ruined a lot of, like, trust and, like, communication things. Like, I know people talk about it a lot, and I've said it before, but, like, the ability to say something through the phone... Like, not even just through the phone, but specifically through a text. Like, it's not natural. Like, that's not the way that human beings are were meant to communicate. Yeah, because you can't communicate with someone like we're communicating now, face-to-face, yes. the same way you communicate over text. And it's odd to me that there is a acceptance in, like, the scientific community and pretty much in, like, the general population that, like, the way that you move and like body cues when having a conversation when hanging out with people like it's extremely important not only in like your conscious setting but like in the subconscious like you pick up on social cues of like people like eye contact like that type of thing and even if it's not like oh like Jimmy's making eye contact with me but like subconsciously I'm like all right he's making eye contact he's paying attention to what I'm saying so that I can continue on my train of thought without getting lost or having to worry about like, oh, do I need to re-explain something? Like, those social cues matter. Like, and when there's a screen and a piece of glass between you and the person you're trying to communicate to, a lot of those like feelings and 
almost emotions that can be displayed through body cues and subtle hints like the way that you make eye contact with somebody like that's important and I think when the majority of communication is lacking those sort of things it really changes the way that we like interact as human beings mm-hmm. or I think the best example is LOL laugh out loud every time I say LOL I'm lying I'm not laughing out loud yeah, and usually when I do laugh out loud, I don't respond with laugh out loud. Like that's yeah. never what comes to my mind. The thing you got to respond is I actually laughed out yep, loud. Yeah, I just <laughs> laughed out loud. That was crazy. Yep. Or or I'll send something like, "What the hell did you just send me?" And with a bunch <laughs> of laughing faces, but like something different than LOL. Like LOL is just like a casual term that gets yeah. thrown into things. Yeah, and technically, it's a lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, you're just. I, I don't even understand like what's it, what it's used for now is is it like a polite thing to be like I am acknowledging the fact that what you said had some humor to it and I enjoyed it in a slight way but I did not laugh but I did not indeed laugh at what you just said like I almost feel like it's an insult if you send somebody a meme and they just respond now like lol you're like dude what like just give me something else besides that but one of the good things about the summer coming to an end and everything kind of progressing forward as it does is football is back. Yeah, I saw something. We got, like, football every week until February. Yep, until February 2023, baby. We got football nonstop. So we're back on the gridiron, back on the field. Did you see who scored the first touchdown for the Raiders? I think it was yesterday or it might have been tonight. I did not see. Amir Abdullah. Amir Abdullah, my, our guy. The boy. He scored the first touchdown as the running back. So we'll see if he gets some reps out there in, uh, for the Raiders. So he's wearing all black. It'll be interesting. And then Samori Toure, the, the wide receiver, got drafted to the Packers. And uh, I don't like the Packers. I don't like the Packers either, but Rodgers has already said that he really likes Samori Toure. So I thought Rodgers was leaving. Everyone thought Rodgers was leaving, and then Green Bay came and said, we'll offer you this much money, and he said, sounds good. All right. <laughs> sounds like I'm staying in Wisconsin, boys. So it'll. I'm interested to see what my feeling about this NFL season is because the past couple seasons I've been super into it, semi, because fantasy football kind of ruins the game of like actually enjoying football. Because I find myself being like, God, I hope he throws to Dalvin Cook here. And I'm not like, dude, wait to see what happens <laughs> instead of trying to manifest what you need to happen to win this game. Like, And I'm like, I don't even like the team that's playing the Lions, but I'll cheer for them because their running back is my fantasy running back. So I hope he gets 400 yards rushing because I know my team sucks. Yeah, yeah, that's it ruins the enjoyment of the game. Now you're just focused on either trying to win some money or not lose a challenge. Speaking of enjoyment of the game, they had a press conference yesterday for Nebraska football. And Scott Frost came out and said that it's Casey Thompson's starting job to lose. Framing it in the sense that so I don't know if you knew this, because I didn't know this until recently. I'm pretty sure it was common knowledge though. Uh so he had a hand injury while he was at Texas, that he got a surgery on while he was there. Well, it didn't heal correctly, and he got another surgery when he transferred 
to Nebraska in March. So, but it's healed now. So, and apparently it's looking really good. But like he has this injury history, and apparently Chubb Purdy also has this injury history. So, the worry that I have is that we're gonna get another Adrian Martinez. Like we're just gonna get another guy who has flashes of incredible talent, but it's just injury prone. And I hope that with Casey Thompson being kind of like a buffer year for Chuba, that we can get all of his kinks worked out so that when Casey Thompson, whether it's midseason this year or at the start of next year's season, like when he's ready to like take his take the back seat and retire from football, then Chuba can take over. But I just I do not want to see another quarterback that can't get the ball downfield. Like, I'm serious. I'm sorry. I like Adrian Martinez a lot, and I know he broke all those records, but God, dude, watching the Ducks just fly down, and he, he was like watching Jared Goff. Like, I'd watch Saturday and Sunday, and I'm like, dude, neither of these guys can throw past 25 yards. Like, it's all dump-down passes or interceptions. Like, there's no in-between. <laughs> I'm like... I see four. I've seen a total of eight interceptions in one weekend. Four from Adrian and four from Jared Goff. Like, what is going on? So maybe it's not so good. Football's back. Maybe we should go back into the dry season of sports. Just watch golf. Just watch golf all the time. Speaking of golf, have you heard of this uh, live? Like, it's an organization or it's like a tour that's like got some serious cash behind it, isn't it? Isn't it in Saudi Arabia? Saudi. It's got Saudi oil money behind it. That's some dangerous, Did you that's hear, dangerous money right there. Have you heard about the deal that they offer Tiger? Yeah, I thought he accepted it, right? Or uh, he didn't accept it? Let me look, because last I checked, he hadn't accepted it. I don't know what the deal was, but I thought that... It, it was between eight hundred and or 700 and $800 million. That's a lot. What's the deal that they were offering him? That's quite a bit. <laughs> Dude, in golf money, that is a ridiculous... In any, in any endeavor ever. No, he turned it down. Really? I thought he... Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, Tiger Woods turned down seven hundred, $700 to $800 million offered to join, Saudi, to join Saudi-backed live golf series, says CEO. Because isn't Patrick Mahomes at $500 million the most? Yeah, but that's over 10 years. This would oh, okay. be for, like, one series. Oh, or, like, wow. a multi, like, maybe a couple series, but... Uh, so much money, dude. Just be really good at any sport, and you'll get rich. Literally. The amount of money that is available in sports. Like, I cannot stand. I love the NBA, but one of the things that really hurts my brain is listening to people casually just throw around, like, the millions of dollars. They're like, oh, he deserves $8 million. And I'm like, What? And they're like, actually, he might be worth the max. So next year, he'll get $22 million for a total of, like, 100 And then they're like, oh, actually, well, because your name's Damian Lillard, we're going to give you a $258 million deal over three years. And it's like, dude. It's crazy that, I mean, they why get paid. We, why do we pay these? Why, like, I, I genuinely don't get why athletes get paid so much money. I think it's because... If you if I if we pay you two hundred fifty million, that means that this guy is gonna make them more than two hundred fifty million. 
He's that's because what, yeah. because the of the numbers, jerseys. I don't the know how behind it. Like how many? Nuts. It's oh the top ten. Well, it's different everywhere, but there's like a national top ten of like best selling jerseys, and LeBron James is almost every time like one or two. Or how like many? Three. How much like just profit off of jerseys? Do you know that? I mean, there's probably a statistic out there in but, the NBA. Yeah, because. How do they make so much money? Jerseys, tickets, uh, merch, food, food. Oh yeah, I mean the fine. Uh, but every time, but this is this is where they really get them. Uh, the transaction fines or the transaction fees between teams, they get them between, um, like you said, like jersey sales, concession stands, everything that goes on inside the arena goes to the organization. Uh, TV deals, TV deals is a huge one. So, like, if your team is on a lot of, like, uh, Sunday night games, like big games, main main host, TNT prime time, that type of thing, then you'll get extra money. Um, but then you have other teams. So, there's a lot of money in the NBA. But then you have teams like Golden State right now. They pay $145 million in what's called the luxury tax, which means they pay their players, like, it's like every million you go over you have to pay like 10 million so like for every million that they pay their players like that's in total like 145 million that they pay in taxes but because they won the NBA championship last year they're like fuck it (laughs) another year let's bankroll it to the next year we'll figure it out jeez it's all about debt dude debt's a good thing James don't you know no in in the fiat market in a fiat market debt's the that is the best thing to do in the fiat market. Yeah, because it's the only thing that gives you value. Yeah, because you're pulling from the future because the future's dollar is worth less than mm-hmm. it is now. So you want to buy now because you'll purchase less tomorrow. That is factual information. I'm One thing I don't understand about the way the economy works is it. why has everything increased to the point that it's at now? Like, why did a cheeseburger go from five cents I think so like inflation is uh it's delayed so 2020 when you print it off have you seen like the M yes like 85% of all the money in circulation yeah. is printed out the chart is absolutely nuts it looks How, like it looks like is it, there any fixing that like the damage that they did during that like is there any way to fix that no because they didn't print off that money they just it's all electronic it's so, fake. Like, yeah. at, like it's not real. That's the thing, is it? But but it is it is real because it was in it got put into account the system. Yeah, I got so. But it isn't real either. It's it's crazy. Um, yeah. So then it's delayed, and now you're seeing people start to. Um, well, the uh, the G GDP, the growth domestic mm-hmm. product, we're gross domestic product. Yeah. So we're down. So people are spending less. Because I they saw see something. And... I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, no. there was a thing that they were talking about, like uh, unemployment dropped to like three point five percent or something. Well, yeah, I think I didn't see that, but it's that was like just on the news today that I saw. Every number is just skewed these days. I know. Um, I mean, you can you can show that we have record breaking employment rates. Um, right after everyone got fired two years back. So 
any any number you can any graph you can right, skew to make in your favor. I found it here. This was yesterday at eleven a.m. Uh, the U.S. employers hired far more workers than expected in July, with the unemployment rate falling to a pre-pandemic low of three point five percent, providing the strongest oh, evidence yet that the economy was not in recession. Yeah, but cap cap. Technically, you, we talked about last time on the last episode that they changed the definition of recession, right? I believe so. I just, I still can't believe that that like a week before the quarter the quarter earnings came out, they're like, eh. We're going to fix this up. Yeah, it's crazy. Why you just can't trust anyone anymore on the internet. <laughs> you can't trust anybody on the internet anymore. Not even the government. So, I feel like I heard you answer this question on that one podcast that you were on. But, how fragile do you think like society as we know it is right now? I, I think it's so the main problem I think is is inflation. So every time you you print out another dollar, that adds no value. It only takes away value from the previous dollars printed. So our our system, the government can only suck so much value until like hyperinflation um takes over and there's just no value left besides the people who print out the money have the only value left and that's when it just becomes bad because people start to riot you see you see weird changes with hyperinflating countries we're not we're not at that point yet isn't like venezuela a hyperinflation country yeah yeah so weird things you start to see uh you start to see more plastic surgery because the prettier you are the closer you can get to the money printer so it just gets weird and the day people get their paycheck um stores are stores are just empty because know that tomorrow they'll get less than they did today so inflation it's not it's it's slowly but then it's like you just drop off a cliff one day with hyperinflation and then then it gets dangerous i don't know what i'm talking about too much i'm not very well versed in this I think the monetary system as we know it scares me now that I'm kind of coming into an understanding of all that. But another thing that scares me is that, like, how dependent we have become on technology is, like, unsettlingly scary. Like, one wipeout of some electricity for, let's say, a week... Like there will be deaths. There will be murder at a extremely high rate, and vandalism and theft, and it would get bad. Like if the lights shut off, if the refrigerator wouldn't work, like if something, if a catastrophic event happened in the United States, and the majority of that area lost power for like like we said a week, like it would go down. Because like what do you, what are you gonna do? Like, everything that we rely on is ran on technology. And we don't have enough gasoline, diesel generators to power everything. So you're going to be able to keep hospitals running for a temporary amount of time. You're gonna, but are you going to be able to get more to refill those generators? Like, are those gas now electronically ran? Because Yeah. And how are you going to pay people? How, you're, 
Most people's cards what are on their phone. And what exchange are you going to have now? Because unless that, that person... But say you get to that point, like, what does cash mean to that person? Because at that point, stores have probably been raided. Like, there's probably... Because the cold stuff will start going bad first. And after that happens, like, the dry stuff will get be the next thing taken because and then the canned goods will be taken last because that can last a long time but like it would get ugly quick wow we're just talking about a week here <laughs> that's what would happen in a week and i think i mean i agree because no i'm saying like if this happened in the entire u.s like yeah, if you're yeah, talking I... like one area it probably wouldn't be that bad but if you're saying the entire u.s had like all of our power grid shut down yeah i think it would happen because you got like street lights Refrigeration, uh, heating, cooling, mm-hmm. um, every electronic, our phones, like everything that we the Teslas, rely on dude. for communication. The Teslas. <laughs> this happened. So not only so only thing that would still work would be radio. No one would be able to listen to music. No one would be able to listen to audiobooks, which is how a lot of people read slash hear about information, podcasting videos, uh, news, like, everything would be, we'd have to go back to pre-technological days, but I don't think people would be prepared for it. I got my cassette tape, so I'm good. What, what cassette tape are you rolling around with in Dude, the Mitsubishi it's, nowadays? it's always the Eagles. Really? Eagles live, where always. You, where do you get these cassette tapes? Uh, garage sales, rummage sale, the church rummage sale. Well, actually, I got most of them from my grandpa. And then once I started to love the Eagles, I just ordered a ton off of eBay. That's awesome. Yeah. One thing I was thinking about getting into with uh, old music was, uh, and when I see it at Walmart every day, I always think about it, is the the record players. I, I'm itching every time I see it. I'm like, dude, I want to try what that's like. I, say, I hear that the record players, like if it's a good one, they have the best quality of music. Yeah, like even better than like high studio audio yeah because i think that's what like uh um i mean that's what you put on your wall when you're like super famous you get records on your wall and i think that's how recording studios also record music i'm not sure though actually you know what that's a lie i've never heard that before i don't know why i said that it sounded right to me (laughs) see if it sounds right it's truthful but i just think like the look of a vinyl album cover is so pleasing. Like, when you see how, like, big it is, you're like, yeah, that's an album. Yeah. Like, you see a CD, you're like, eh. And when I'm on my phone and I see, like, a little square, I'm like, cool. But, like, having, like, a physical, tangible thing that, like, you could hold and be like, dude, like, look at this album. Yeah. Take it out. And, like, you have... The only thing I don't understand, like, how do you go to the next track? How do you know where one... gotta flip it. (laughs) How do you know where... But how do you know where one starts? Like, you just have to, like let it play through i think yeah you just gotta let it play through maybe maybe you've heard it enough that you know where the where the needle has to be are you talking about cassette tapes or no i'm talking about like the vinyl records the vinyl records yeah you just gotta you just gotta know you know that's what the, that's but i think it'd be interesting to find that out like yeah. that's a lost piece of history and then speaking of that like garage sales dude i could find so many cool vinyl records just like around my uh my old cross country coach, he 
I don't know how big his collection is, but he said he wants to spend a Saturday organizing his whole vinyl record collection. There was this guy at my mom's work when she worked for Region 5. He had, like, an entire... Like, he was one of the disabled people. He... And one of the things that he did, like, every weekend would, like, go out, like, with the money that they gave him, to, he would get, like, ramen noodles all week so that he could go and spend, like, $200 on vinyl records. So he's got, like, an entire garage full, probably, like, the size of the apartment, like, full of vinyl records. Wow. And, like, they made him start, like, selling, like, 10 a day or, like, 10 a weekend because, like, of how many he just had lying around. And they were, like, mostly all Elvis Presley. And just like 60s and 70s music. But I'm like, that's gotta be cool. Being like. Yeah, I think the. Yeah. I like the, the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s. So they're mostly cassette tapes. But if I, if I love some Elvis, that's what I'd probably be listening to. Some Elvis on the record, record player. Install one of those puppies in the car. <laughs> Take up one of the seats. Like, man, what was that book? Watson Go to Birmingham. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking about. <laughs> you know the song that I heard the other day that reminded me of that book? Yickety Yak. Yickety Yak. That it's song came on, and I was like, dude, I'm like, this song's so dumb now that I listen to the lyrics. I'm like, when we were in fifth or sixth grade, like, this song was kind of funny. And I'm like, now, like, I couldn't listen to this song for, like, more than 30 seconds without being like, next. <laughs> but I find a lot of, like, the 50s and 60s, like, Anything between, like, 50s and, like, 80s, like, really appealing nostalgia-wise. Like, I don't know. It's just something about the old me. It's just different. I think it's a lot a lot of energy put into it. Yeah, like, it. you can just tell that it's different, like, from the start of it. Like, and people try to replicate it nowadays. And I think another thing, like, they have their own specific qualities that make their music appealing and, like, valuable. But to me, like, there's just something about, like, listening to, like, a Motley Crue song. Like, you don't hear songs like that anymore. You don't hear, like, like you said, like, the Eagles. Like, you don't hear bands like that. You don't hear bands like Journey, like Queen, like, all these great rock and roll bands. And, like, Elvis and um, Bill Withers, like, all of those great soulful singers that had just rock and soul and, like, all of these genres that... We pretty much just put to the wayside to listen to people mm-hmm. rap on a track. Yeah. I think my my favorite thing to see is Eddie Van Halen. His so on YouTube, there's a 13 minute solo of him just literally just soloing a guitar player for 13 a guitar for 13 minutes, and it's just so beautiful to watch, and it's so good. The guitar solos that happened at MGK's concert last night were impressive. There was one that went on for like, like you said, like not like 13 minutes. It was probably like three or four minutes of this dude just shredding it. And it was so satisfying to watch. Like he wasn't playing a song. He was just like riffing it. Those are beautiful. It was awesome. I'm like the fact that this guy has that much talent and like doesn't have to have like a plan for what he's doing. He just goes with what feels right. I'm like to be that talented and to put in that much time to get to that point has to be insane. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's proof of work right there. I mean, that's about as far as you get being on stage and being able to... With I mean, and I was thinking about this last night when I was watching the show. I'm like, I wonder how much pressure you feel at this point in the tour, like, going. And at this point in your career, like, doing this type of thing. Like, do you even really, like, 
I'm not gonna say do you even care because like obviously he cares like it's something that he puts time and value in but does it get to you the same way it did or is it just like oh another Thursday night show gotta get it time time to go into Walmart let me put on my vest <laughs> like I'm sure it's better than that but like yeah you're getting paid a little bit more I'd hope but yeah it'd be it'd be sad to see if they didn't care yeah but I mean that's what I said it's not that they like don't care but I just wonder if it has the same like holy shit I'm a performer as it did like when they first started doing it yeah yeah I don't know I don't know they always say thanks to the fans and all this stuff I wonder if they say thank you for the money or they actually (laughs) are happy that the people like listening that's what I I'm confused on like money deals because I'm figuring out that like there's the amount of money that they disclose to the public and then there's like actually what happens and I'm like why don't you just say actually what happens like why do we have to jump through all these hoops to get down because you hear like the contract like oh 258 million dollars over seven years and then you break it down and you're like oh so he's getting 15 a year 15 million dollars every year for the next seven years but he also gets taxed almost half of that so in reality he only gets about seven million a year yeah and then he gets 20 million in endorsements income tax man is that's that is an infringement on the constitutional rights of the human i think i think the most interesting thing i've heard about that is that taxes weren't even a thing when they first came to america like taxes like they didn't tax it was consumption tax right like buying things yeah like that like there were some taxes but like the government would come around and tax like if there was a war they'd be like hey we're doing a tax for the war but like there wasn't just like money that they took for just hey we're gonna take money just in case we need it like that wasn't a thing yeah and now i don't want to get back into it but they don't have to increase taxes because they can print off more money and that value gets sucked away from the population without having to actually tax them. So we've seen the change and now you don't have to be liked to be able to win a war or um, start a war. You just have to print more money. At what, like how detrimental, and I we talked about this a little bit earlier, but like how much did they speed up the process by printing off that much money? Uh we we're never gonna know until time tells of it because we've never seen anything like this before. I mean, we may have, but like I said, I'm have you been paying attention to? So, like we've mentioned a couple times that technically, if you go by the definition of what is considered a recession, that the United States, based on the past two quarterly earnings, are in quote unquote the recession, but. Are we getting? Are we in the recession the same way that we are as in like two thousand eight? Um, One thing I will say just before you give your answer is that in our morning meeting today at Walmart, we found out that like two hundred corporate employees at Walmart got laid off today. It was like between like two hundred and four hundred. Dang, they're not needed. <laughs> yeah, <it's> fucking, <laughs> they add no value. Yeah, literally, they're like, okay, you who stand at the door and open it for the corporate managers, you're gone. Like. I don't know. They just cleaned house for a lot of people, so it'll be interesting to see. The guy who pushes carts has more value than the corporate people.
I mean, he has definitely has a more direct impact on their experience at the store than the corporate individuals. I agree. You know, my one of the uh, corporate guys, I, I'm not totally sure, but um, he told my boss, well, my supervisor, she had an idea, and he, he came up to her and said, "You're not paid to. You're not paid to think. You're paid to work." Dude, if that if that guy would have would have told me that, I I mean I would have walked out, but I I would love to do something more than just walk out. Oh, I would have snapped on him and then yeah. walked out. Like it would not have been just this like oh okay thanks for that and left. Like he would have heard a piece of my mind because there's there is like a mentality, it, and I've seen it in Walmart and it sounds like it's in Sam's too of just like. I have the authority to boss you around, so I'm going to. Like, there's this one team lead in my store that embodies that image. Like, she is just in... in. I'm not saying I would ever do this, and I'm not saying that this is ever something that I would even consider, but, like, if we were gorillas, like, she would be at the bottom of the food chain. <laughs> yep. And I would be towards the top, and us top gorillas would bash on this bottom gorilla that is annoying and bosses people around because she has authority not and she like she's one of those people in management that like go hunting for problems like they don't just observe what's going on they go looking for errors to correct you on so like dude she'll come around like hunting around corners for me and i'll just stare at her like not like in a mean way or like uh trying to be like dominant or anything but i'll just like meet her gaze and like not break it until she like leaves because I'm like you're not gonna force me to be uncomfortable like I'm not gonna let you push me around like I'm here to do my job you have no influence on me in my everyday life like you were in no connection to me so you have no reason to try to intimidate me because you're a team lead (laughs) yeah give them some power and they'll be mean to you man Give them an inch and they'll go a mile. <laughs> I feel like the doesn't the government use that term a lot to like justify why they don't give people rights. I've never heard of that, but I'd probably agree with you. I'm pretty sure I've heard that's like maybe government sounds the right word. Politicians, politicians use that phrase. Mm, yeah, I'd, I'd see that. Give them an inch and they'll take a mile. <laughs> I wonder. Have you heard anything more about this? Uh, I mean, I heard a little bit about the Nancy Pelosi thing that in retaliation to the Chinese starting the jets that uh, the United States responded that they will see any procedure as an act of war. I did not hear that. Well, Nancy Pelosi's there. Man, that'd be, so, that'd be insane. I'm pretty sure the jets are staying on the ground. Or at least I hope so. Because I don't think I'm in war shape yet. No, me neither. I just want to make just just a little more money. Fifteen bucks an hour. Need a little bit more of that time. <laughs> Couple <of> years. <laughs> when do you guys start going back to school, Jim? Uh, the twenty first. Oh, so you guys still have a while yet? Yeah. I'm just hanging out. And... I hope the twenty first. I really haven't checked my schedule yet. How how's this semester's panning out to be? It's looking good. Is it? Yeah. I uh, I think so. Are you getting into, like, actual engineering? Yeah, nice. yeah, I am. I got, this is probably the last semester of, of the gen eds, and then I'll actually be in pretty much all in. But last semester, I retook a class, computer science, 
uh, that I failed my first year and I used some of the work because so the professor same professor used the exact same course I uh, copied my work from last year copy and paste copy and paste got flagged got a zero and then uh, I appealed it and then if the appeal wasn't successful I failed the class and the appeal wasn't successful <laughs> and then I appealed again and then they denied it again and they said this is the final decision and on the uh, on the, the, the letter they said I could appeal it again so I'm gonna try to talk to someone in person because I think there's a miscommunication there definitely has to be because you just gotta be like look this is my work yeah I, I, I'm, I'm copywriting myself here. yeah like so we'll see but I mean I really don't want to take the class again I think I'm a really I think I'm really good at coding yeah I've done a couple projects uh but I mean I'm not saying I'm really good I'm actually like level, level two out of ten yeah um where do you like do your coding at? Like, do you pay for something online? No, I just download. Uh, I code in C mostly, mm-hmm. uh, or Python. Bitcoin is coded in Python, so I'm trying to get to learn more Python a little bit more. But yeah, it's all free, um, because it's kind of just like, a f- like you download Word, um, or you download Excel. I mean, those aren't free, but you can download free versions yeah. of Excel and Word, um, and then you can just download a. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know what it's called, but yeah. A software. Yeah. I've I've seen I've been on a couple of the coding websites like the Free Coin Camp and like some of those like that, and I've checked it out. And I've started to get into it a little bit, and then I stopped. I don't know. I'm interested in coding. It's just a lot to take in. Like once it's you when you start. Yeah, I mean you can you can code right now on your computer if you open the terminal terminal and. Type in nano. Terminal. Finder? Uh, no, do the... I think it's terminal. It's like the... the or the command prompt. I think Mac has command prompt. Or ter- No, yours is terminal. Windows is command prompt. Where's terminal at on this thing, Jim? I don't know how to mess with the MacBook. Here, I'll, I'll, let me, let me do it online. You're telling me. But nano is a different coding language. Is it? My computer's so slow. Uh, pseudo nano. Nope. Nano. Dude, I got into a rabbit hole earlier of looking for dogs. Cause I'm itch- I want a dog, but like I'm just not in a place where I can get a dog, so I just find myself like looking at dogs a lot. I'm like, someday. You like those guys on Facebook Marketplace looking for cars all yep. the time? No, not even just looking for cars. I'm like, I just like looking at cars. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to. I just want to see what's being sold. I'm not. I'm not here to buy anything. Yeah, I. I. Uh, turns out I'm not a good coder at all because I can't even open the, the Nano. Nice. But yeah, Nano is just a another interface to be able to code. Didn't mean to bump the mic there. Yeah, that definitely gave off a couple waves. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for you guys. That's gonna mess that up. That is a that's Jimmy's fault. He bumped the mic. <laughs> no, that was Bill. <laughs> but uh, one thing that we didn't get to at the beginning, we can round round back to this yeah. and we can end the show. We're about at an hour and seven minutes right now. That's not too bad. 
So, um, one thing that I've been noticing, and this was even before, like pre-end of pan. I mean, I guess you can say pre-end of pandemic because I mean, COVID is technically still around and relevant, but not nearly in the capacity that it was when we were all locked down. So, once the lockdown restrictions in the United States and in the rest of the world kind of started loosening, there were a few countries in particular Australia and Canada, that remained abnormally restrictive. And especially Canada, there's been a lot of things with their government and especially connected to their Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, that for me, it, it kind of raises some concern because it it's looking more and more like Canada's leaning into, and they have in their past leaned into a lot of social socialist ideals but it's becoming increasingly more obvious that justin trudeau what he says goes and the people that he sees as opposition are the opposition and like that's that's that like that's the end of it so and you saw that directly with the trucker thing like when they were making the argument to truckers that the government was taking away their rights by forcing them to get the vaccine, um, the government pretty much came back and said, no, you guys are a bunch of idiots and white trash and low life, and we don't have to listen to you. You need to listen to the science. And that was where they tried to end the argument, and it's spread now into the United States and other countries and another country that's truckers are in up in arms and not only the truckers but the farmers is the Netherlands. So for those of you who don't know, um, is it the WEF? Yes. And that's the World Economic Forum, uh, which is essentially it's just like, is, is it a branch off the League of Nations? No, I believe it's, it's a private... Um thing i i don't know exactly it's this group that is essentially setting levels of carbon emissions that are allowed in each country and when it came to the netherlands which for those of you who didn't know the netherlands is the world's second largest food producer and agricultural exporter the country of netherlands which is tiny um only two percent of their labor force is being employed uh, and many of that's actually mechanized and computerized but it just shows how much effort they actually put into that um, the people who actually transport all of that that's being created in this country the policies that are being pushed by the World Economic Forum directly cause issues with the way that truckers will do their job they're trying to reduce speed limits on highways um, they're trying to reduce, uh, I, b- I believe it's either the type of gas you can use or the amount you can drive per day because of the emissions. Um, they're trying to limit the emission limit for farmers in the country, which would greatly limit the fertilize- the types of fertilizer they can use and the amount of cattle and livestock that they can obtain and cultivate. So it'll be interesting what's going on because there's riots, they're blocking streets. Um, 
I'm pretty sure there's like vandalism going on, like fighting between the government and civilians. Don't quote me on that, but no, yeah, there are. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of videos out there of just like you got farmers just spraying manure on government yeah. buildings. It's it's crazy, and you don't. I mean, I don't watch the news, but you don't see a lot of it on the news. I don't think. I don't think you can even watch the news anymore. The news is just so polarized and. In order to stay sane, you would have to watch a left side. You would have to watch MSNBC. Then you would have to go over and watch Fox. And then you would have to find somewhere in the middle to like kind of be like, all right, if we're going to logically talk about this, which is hard to find on the news, but there are some, um, then maybe you can figure out what's going on. But like, unless you, if you were trying to pertain to one specific news channel like you are going to get such a different type of news than if you cross over the line just a little bit like the story itself completely changes the way it's being framed changes the view like everything's just so partisan now and everything i feel like has to be political mm-hmm. like there's nothing that can just be like oh like this is life and then like we can talk about politics later on like everything is just politics now it's it's terrible. Everything has to be. What what side is that? Like what 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 does this support? What agenda is this pushing? What? How can I show that I support this side? Mhm. Yeah, and it's it's all you just gotta go extreme to be able to get these clicks these days. It's gotta be extreme. Well, I mean, and people talk about that the loudest voices are on the farthest, farthest left and farthest right, which is true. Mm-hmm. which the people that squawk the most will always get the most attention, but it's annoying. I wonder if a mindset change will ever come down the pipeline in our lifetime. Yeah, I mean, you just, I think the the mindset change will just be how to opt out. Like, how do I, how do I just not, how do I not see this stuff? How do I not be a part of it? I think that's the change. There's going to have to be a better self-regulation mechanism and I think that's part gonna have to be part of that mindset change like being able to be like I need to have the self-control to not do these things for the betterment of my physical and mental health which will be interesting so I think we covered a pretty good range of topics in this one Jim yeah I like this one this one was good um, I think something we should look into, I know we talk about it like at the end of every episode, but we should really consider getting a guest. Yes, I I agree with that. I, think I, we... have, I have an idea of who we should have as our first guest. All right. Sounds good. So I think I'm assuming this person, I'm pretty sure he's told me that he wanted to do it, but I'm, I'm sure that... Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he'd want yeah, to be on. I think he should be on. I think he should be on too. I think it'd be good. I think that interview I think it'd be interesting. I think we could get him riled up on a couple of things. I think yeah. it'd be funny. Especially after what we just talked about. Oh yeah. If we get him if we get him going down the <laughs> He might know a little bit more too. Yeah, he'll be able to he'll be able to provide us some more facts, give us his uh cross the river view of things. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll, leave we'll, with a little cliffhanger. Oh my gosh, leave you with a little cliffhanger there. <laughs> yeah, maybe find out who the guest is. We'll we'll have to talk to him. But yeah, well, uh, leave a leave a comment 
get our clicks up and uh, get, guess who it is. Yeah, for sure. Leave a review on the show like we ask every time. And thanks for watching, guys. We'll talk to you next time.